0: This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit EshelPublications.com. I'm
1: digging questions, what would you
0: like?
1: What? I'm digging the Dig the questions. Okay, sure. <laughs> You're Benji? Who are, I, I, I'm not... Okay, good. I, I, it's tough, yeah. I, I don't um, have the light. There's no cochlea or over I here. <laughs> um, okay, so...
2: Well, like, uh, like, well, how would one define sinna and Ava and whether they necessarily have to be opposite from each other?
1: Give me a little more concrete. Like,
2: um, Yako he says, like, you know, the brothers hate Jaco.
1: Yosef, um, you mean? Yosef, excuse me. Yeah, okay, yeah.
2: Yeah, I
3: don't know. yeah um and also, like,
1: you know, we have the midst of Avos Hashem. Well, sin doesn't always have to come... I mean, the real truth is probably... um, probably the opposite of Ava would be something more like apathy. Um, Sin, a lot of times, it's somebody you could like. Very rarely, I mean... I hate to be so blunt, very rarely do you get hatred and bitterness like a married couple that's splitting up, Um, and it has a lot to do with the fact that there was a very strong bond and something cut it, overrode it. A person in the street or somebody that you have some negligible kesha with, um, you don't have those type of very powerful feelings because the person never interacted with you. So, so usually the strongest um, sin is, is reserved for somebody you're close to. So so it's, it's it's sort of different. Sinners, I feel threatened by the person, angered, not uninterested. In, 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 um implies two avenues. A, I enjoy the person, and B, I see myself aligned with the person. Somebody once, uh, about Shuva, a very, very man of the world. He was editor, he was of many... Very important magazines. Actually, many years ago, there was schmoozing from the old city, and he told me he made an interesting observation. He said, "You know, he was speaking about the fact that, unfortunately, many times by religious people, you have when you have got a bit of divorce, it's usually very, very bitter and difficult, um, and the world out there, it's you know a lot. A lot of times, it's kind of very easy, and." He said. He said. Eventually, observation. He said, uh, you know, a divorce in the Orthodox world is a tragedy. In the secular world, it's the marriage ended. You know, when you have a car and it lasted ten years, that's great. You don't feel bad when you when it's you know when you can you you drop it off as a donation for the shiva or something like that. It's kind of it's over. And there's a certain expectation of a strength, of bond that when that's hurt, it brings out so. It's not always that sinner If you look at the parishes, the brothers brothers have been the worst hate, haters because there was a bond there whether they liked it or not. So sin is not definitely loved after the opposite of Av. Av includes two elements in it. What else? <coughs> yes. Um, I have a, I'm Yonatan here. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so I guess my question
3: kind of segwaying off uh, throughout the Sefer of Reishi, there are a number of stories that I personally, um, and through speaking to a number of rabbis and friends, found hard to understand. Yeah. Um, Benji brought the case of the hate of the brothers toward Yaakov. Right. Um, the case of, uh, you know, Shem and, and what Shimon and Levi did. Right. Um, and the Ramban's explanation on that. Yes. And uh, the story that, that we saw in this week's Harsha of Judah and his actions... Gets stuck loving seemingly loving Asa more than Abraham. right. Um, in fact, out of all the other like, it seems like in terms of really picking the right path, Abraham was the only one that can really see like all the right choices coming to, him. and then you see like these minute problems coming up with all the with everyone after him. And so, I guess, right. what's the proper lens to you know, reading through those stories and really understanding how we can connect to them and not just leave them with like a bad impression?
1: Good um you're asking it in a very intelligent way and a very um very honest and, and uh, very positive which is good let's um let's first take a general sense of things w- w- that we need to ask ourselves and then you know the, on on the on with the understanding that Broker wrote the torah um and taking these stories as they are as they appear to us written. They, they, let's take David HaMelech for instance that's my best example David HaMelech is somebody that comes across bad in a lot of ways I certainly I haven't done any of the things that the Torah writes that the Torah writes about David but I don't even get honorable mention in the Tanakh I mean, David, Hashem says David is my favorite he is my beloved one he's the one I love, he's the one that will redeem the Jewish people and, and, you know, at the end, now, what's in it? If I, if I like somebody who's a crook, it may be because I'm naive. It may be because the guy has got a lot of, you know, he's cool and he knows how to, to, to win over people even though he's evil. Um, he's, um, it, it might be that I need him. He's a powerful guy. He's got money or whatever it is. So, so, so I have an angle why. But, Akarish Baruch what do you find so appealing about David? So, so, so the answer that we have to say in heaven, Ezra says, and many say, would be as following. Um, you hold people up to standards that are apropos to them. Uh, for instance, let's give an example. You ever see, like, a young kid, a brash kid, a stupid kid, he hears people talking about a professional basketball player at, the guy stinks, he lousy, shouts, says no. And the kid says, yeah, he doesn't do that, I could beat him, in it, you know, that type of stuff. He says, well, the kids, you're an idiot, you know, he's a pro, yes, he's not as good as a pro is, and he's got shortcomings, but but you you, you don't even count, you know, you're nobody. So, so the lens that we'll look at is, is the Torah presents somebody as an important person. the Yitzhak, each one is a, is, is a piece, each one is an av, and they're the only one called avas. It means they're building blocks. Now, the question is, so A, we need to understand the issues as being magnified, but appropriately wrong for those people. For some, it, things that you missed by a hair's breadth, where there were two sides to the issue, and I could have decided A or B, and a very, very strong arguments both ways, and for instance, let, let's take an example. Let's take the, the brothers and Yosef, which is which is an ex- extraordinary event. But l- let's see how the brothers looked at Yosef. Yosef was the loner. Yosef was always busy talking about them. Yosef was the one that was always making trouble. He was playing favorites, and he comes along with a dream: "I'm going to be king." So, so it's clear he's a megalomaniac, and he's out to take over. Um. And and you know and, and he probably would kill them at least the oldest ones so that he could get whatever power he's obviously power hungry and so on um, and 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 there really was grounds to think like that. The reason why they were so terribly wrong was because it's it's like that great basketball player makes a shot and someone gives him a tiny touch and he's off by that millimeter because you know it's, it's someone had just kind of uh, and so because he's so fine tuned um you know they had their own interests and they should have been keen and said as as great as the argument is and as much as you all think like that there's something affecting your thinking S- so it's correct to see them for being wrong but but it's it's like an angle a, a 45 degree angle is 45 degrees but it could be a millimeter apart and it could be 10 miles apart S- so so the torah the Torah tells us this is where you come from. These are the strong points, and these are the flaws. So Avram's chesed is built into you, and Avram's not being strong enough, B'kisshmol, is built into you, and you'll suffer from Yishmol. Yitzchak's um, uh, middles are in you, and some of his shortcomings are in you. His inability to distinguish between Eisav and Yaakov. Y- Yosef and the brothers. Each one of you draws from a brother, and you have some of that jealousy which plagues us this very day. So we need to look at them as the big people that were. The, Torah, the, the Of all humanity, the Torah has a few dozen people that it feels fit to mention. They are very big people. Their, the, their actions are those that really have set the pace for us. That they're, they're in our genes, and mice and myself a similar button. And yet, their faults are faults, and we're still suffering, and we need to find those faults within ourselves. One of the things I always have, the problems I have when people, people write about certain biographies, they're not honest, they don't, they didn't write about faults and problems like that. It's true, but, or what I find is, if you write a biography about some fault, instead of saying, well, I will emulate the good, and I'll try to fix the fault, the the most people's message is, nobody's good, so I might as well, I am perfect and let's leave myself at that. People don't like to take that. So I think the right approach is to the Torah's presenting a certain picture. Chazal also helped us flesh out the background, the, the, the understandings of why it was much closer called than you imagine. For instance, about David he was She was technically divorced. It was still wrong, but it smelled of being an ish. But she, on, techni- technically he was right. It gives them perspective. It's it's a technically right, but still you should have you should have been held you should have held up to highest standard. Yes? I mean. What else? Oh, right. yeah, yeah.
0: So I was wondering um, Can you just give me your name, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry uh, I, Turkelwitz. Yeah, and yes, and okay. Yes. Yeah. So I was wondering uh your know, brothers are not you
2: know kids, you know, during the Parsha, show, so I was wondering like, why they'd be so angry over uh, a coat? I was wondering, like,
1: how they could have such jealousy over... I don't understand their hatred towards jealousy. Um Well, of, of all the things that symbolize uh, um, an ongoing favoritism, uh, it's like wearing some sort of badge or wearing... I mean, the, the coat was a sort of a, a garment of royalty. It's like giving the person... Um, army um, you know uh, leaves you know five leaves or whatever it is um <coughs> he, he, he this was a way of stating he's royalty um that's that, that was the to, to be head of it that's the, so it wasn't just a coat that it was a designer coat and, and you know they were all an Eddie Bauer uh, you know they can kill people with an Eddie Bauer coat or something like that no it, it was it was a designation the, the point if you keep looking is he implied that he's king and, and Yaakov Avinu fed that uh, point. And, and, I, and I want to go a step further with that also. Uh, you know, for us, we all think that we're wonderful people because we don't care about kavod and stuff like that. They were very, each tribe had a certain perspective. Uh, let, let's, let's give an example. Hasidim and Mesnagdim today get wonderfully along we go to their concerts, they go to our concerts, we've been their concerts, they've been our concerts. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all wonderful. The Avon 200 years ago, people were killing each other, almost literally. They didn't want to kill each other, but they're getting the to kill each other. Are we, are we so much better? Like, how do we understand it? They were the wicked people and we're wonderful guys? And the answer is they cared a lot. It was very meaningful to them, and they saw each other as being a terrible deviation that's going down the drain. Like every, you know, every person, when he sees things from a certain perspective, leadership of Kal meant, how do you paint the picture of Kal Are Kal Yisrael um, a group of people supposed to be sitting in coal all day, and a few guys going to the army and being the doctors? Mm-hmm. Is Kal supposed to be um, a, a nation of doctors and people going to the army, and a few guys sitting in a coal someplace? Um, is none of that? Are the, you know, are, are we supposed to be sort of farmers, and that's it? it, it those visions were very important, and and they it, and and they were going to the heart of who they were. And Yosef usurping the leadership meant Kliasan would have a very different spin than it's supposed to have. You know, the, the the arraignment of the tribes was the picture of the Jewish people, and that's what their lives was about. So, so without understanding their how strong they were, how principled. There's a, there's a tremendous vote from Maitre Alvechik, of Yosheber's father. Um, he says, uh, it says that when God created man, so the different malachim um, weighed in, they voted. So, um, Stucker said, create man, because they gave Stucker. Emma said, don't create man, because they're liars. Um, eh, eh, chesed said create men because they do chesed each other and Shalom said don't create men because they're always worrying. so uh, took Emes threw him down on the ground and it was two to one vote it was the first rigged election by the way we're, we're only here because somebody fixed an election remember that so whenever you speak about fixed elections remember we're here so yes, I don't understand he said but Still, it's 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 two against two. Even if even if MS fell to the ground, it's two. What, what does Chazal mean? What does Chazal explain? So Salvatic said a, a tremendous amount. He said, "It's not true. People can be men of peace. People can be men of truth. But both together is an almost impossibility. If you're standing on principle, then it's very hard to get along with people that are not in line with you." And if you just are jolly, good-natured, and everybody's good and everything's wonderful, then it's very hard to stand on any principle. So, so, so that tightrope between Emma and Shalom. So, so, yeah, of course, we we don't care much about anything and just leave me alone, and everything's good and everybody's good, and that's fine. But when people were very, very adamant on principle, I stood on principle. It was a tough battle. It was, you know, it's. Uh, so, so we need to look at the other side of it, also understand that some of our niceness and getting along is because, you know, yeah, like this, like that, the other thing. Yes?
2: Um, my name is Judah Kerbal. I um, hope my question is formulated in a coherent enough way, but uh, drawing on a point that you were just making, and something I've been wondering for a while, and you were also talking uh, before about, you know, how we want our children to be taught, right. you know, the question is sort of, I guess, what the ideal what the ideal is for the average, you know, average Jew, uh, the average Ba'a, because, uh, you know, on, on, like, the one, on the one hand, like, there's, you know, like, for example, here Shabbos, there's a lot, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot to know. It's very hard to, uh, to keep everything. Um, is every, is every Jew supposed to keep every Seif in the Mishnah Bura, you know, related to Shabbos and to, to other things? And, and also, we live in, you know, the world needs to sort of be sustained by people who, you know, who work, who make food, who, Know, do all these, you know, who are doctors and do all these services and everyone can be learning Torah you know, all the time and...
1: So when you asked me, I, I didn't get to one half of the question, when you said to keep every Sif Mishbu, you meant to learn every Sif Mishbu or to keep it? Wh- which one did you...
2: I'm, I'm saying like, to, like, like, what, like, keeping. So it's, a, it's, it's, the, it's the, it's the learning and the doing, I guess, I'm like, I'm wondering about, like, you know, the ideal for the...
1: So, so the doing, I would assume is for everybody. Um... I, I don't think there ought to be a problem. It's not. It's not more difficult for someone who's who has a, f- a real job and the professional to keep Hilchas Borah as than is. It's not harder for him than it is for me, and it's not easy for me than it is for him. So I, I would say, in the world of keeping, um, yes, that I think should be universal. You know, obviously everyone has his weaknesses. That's personal, but it, it's. As far as studying Torah goes, so my sense is like this. I think that people's level of, of, of Torah, familiarity with Torah, should be at least equal to their level of academic, psycho academic achievement. What I mean is, just like some people couldn't care less about science really much. You know, just that the nature is, you know, uh, as long as it's a good deal, let's do the deal, and we'll let somebody else do the science. That I'm not interested. Some people have a hard time living in a world where they don't understand how things work. They don't feel comfortable getting into car without trying to figure out why it works, how it works. There's a, a very healthy intellectual curiosity. Uh, people read ideas. People, just, they, they, whether it's philosophy, whether it's literature, it, it it's it's very it's painful sometimes to see someone. Whose religious understandings are based on high school, which we all know was a very, um, you know, it was an experience, but intellectual, very few kids, very few kids are turned down intellectually in high school as college, you know, once you get into college, you get older, you get more mature, the the type of lectures. So a lot of times you see somebody struggling because the, the religious education he was exposed to was when he was immature. The teacher was obviously trying to cater to him at that age, and that's the level that he has. Whereas his secular perspective is 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 shaped by people who are much brighter at an age when he was much more mature and really interested. So, so I would think that a person, an honest an honest perspective would be to have that same type of same level of understanding. And each person is different. There's nothing not everyone has to be a, a great Torah scholar, but I think there has to be a certain level of it, of parity between um, you know, my general sense of things and my Torah sense of things yeah
0: my name is Nathan, um, and first of all, thank you very much it's really wonderful it, to it's,
1: be here I, I want to tell you, I, won't, I forgot I, 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 it, it's my pleasure with everybody, it, it, I enjoy it very much, I enjoy the Malka, I enjoy the hevra. And, and I'm very glad we can do this from time to time. Yeah, so.
0: Anyways, I have a question that's um, very different from the question Summer has asked before. It's more of just a curiosity question, sure. I guess. Um, so, when I was in Yeshiva, I went to Yeshiva's Har one of the questions that was frequently asked. Har Etzion Okay, Etzion? Har Etzion. Okay, yeah.
1: Uh, one that that iron aleph- is a big difference. Yes. <laughs> 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 I've seen both, and, and the iron is a really big difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, one of the questions I was frequently asked was, um, if if you were on an island and you were allowed only three farm with you, what would they be and why? <laughs>
1: okay, that's it. Yeah, I'm just curious. I'm curious. Um, it's 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 hard. F- it's hard for me to think of it that way. I just, it's, it's a kind of interesting... Um, if I can tell you... I, I'll, I'll phrase it just a little bit differently. And, and sort of... Uh, is, um If you ask me what's my chiyos in turn? In other words, where do I feel that, that sense of powerful identity? So... I would say the Talmud first, in that, in the sense it, there's a solidity in Talmud, where and, and you feel more and more like this is whatever, whatever ideas I have, have to come back to it so, so, so there's something about it that it's, it's, like, in a, it's like a meal, you can nash occasionally, you can, but at the end of the day you come back to bread, meat and potatoes kind of thing that's what Talmud is. Um, for me, the other sefer that has been very, I, I guess, in the world of, called Machshav as a general sense, of those forms. the morales is, is a sefer that to me was kind of, the two other, the Rambam, as, as time goes on, the, the, uh, you know, it, it, you I begin more and more to get a sense of how much was packed into every word, and how how much you have, how much he's put things in perspective. So Rashi and the Rambam of, of the firm that I think are the um, the, the, the is putting things in a very, I guess, giving you a crisp sense of understanding. I, I guess that would be, uh, but, but you know, I have in the little iPod. I have everything plus. <laughs> so, um, but but you know, I, I, I guess if if he does. Shas is a certain solidity that you, you know it, you can pass them from a Gemara. You'd be wrong most of the time, but, but you'd have the first step right. I always have an argument with my wife because women and men are different. I tell her, if you do a math problem and you get it right till the last step, that's great. And her reply is always, what's the point if you haven't gotten the answer right? Um, women are practical and men are not so. But <laughs> the, the, if you're passing from a Gemara, you have the first step right. You, you don't know the next step. And, and so there's some feeling about it, knowing that really gives it, I, I remember my father, Zachane Samira Zamira Shiva. If he asked you a question, Allah, if he sometimes sort of gave you a riddle or a test, or somebody asked you, if you started the answer with anything but the Gemara, it was a no go. You know, if you started like what the Mishur brings from the Shalakas, like that, that, that didn't go. If he did the Gemara if if he had the Gemara with the Tysis, with, with the base with some basic shown him, then he would say, Okay, and you also have to take care of this sheet or something like that. But you know, there was a certain attitude. And then the world of the Amkus the Panemius of Torah, for me morale probably of all this farm was the most uh, eye opening, I guess. So Thank you. did you ever see they have uh, if you learn how it's done, you probably have seen it, Chaim Sabato's interview with um with Rev Lichtenstein Salav- with Rev Lichtenstein. Did you ever see it? Yeah. At Vakshe Panecha, and where he asked them which is the most critical safer in Jewish Maschava? Did you see that? It's an amazing piece. I'll I'll just uh, and and, uh, it's a stunning piece. Um, There's there's a full page, a full book interview with Rav Lichtenstein from um, from Gushet. It's written by somebody Chaim Sabato, who's an extraordinary writer himself. Really extraordinary writer. He's written four books, and they're amazing. Um, they're like sort of novels kind of he's, uh, true but, but it, it's, it's he's a stunning writer and he really speaks about his life and so on and he asks him what do you think the most important sefer in the world of machshave is and he asked it, and unbeknownst to him he also asked his son and he both gave the same answer so you're expecting the Rambam he said the Rambam in of Evuchim is a very hush of sefer but we could live without it. it it's not the safer that set the tone for understanding. So the Ramban is the safer that is absolutely a necessity, an absolute necessity. And the truth is, if you, if you really look at the Ramban, the Ramban has given us a sense of a certain depth in common chat. The Ramban has introduced some of the basic ideas of Kabbalah that should, that should be in everybody's lexicon without using the fancy words but just the sense of it he, he's given us a sense of what are the appropriate theses to introduce you know and, and Ramban stood on a few different worlds in a way that the Rambam didn't. In Halacha the Rambam is the safer and whether we pass on him or not he's the start of it. I mean that's the central safer. in Machshavah the Ramban it is really, really very central. safe. I, I, I was, I was stunned by that, uh, in, by that point in the interview. So. Yeah, he gave a share or Aron
0: gave a share on uh, Rambana al once a week. It was
1: spectacular. It's very spectacular. I used to give. He used to give. Uh, he used to give a general, uh, every week. Yeah. yeah. On episodes. Yeah. So it, it's a. Uh, people. It's somebody once described very well Rambana al he said it's like Tosvis on the Gemara. It teaches you the next, what's the right next step. In other words, Rashi gives you the pshap on the Psukim. If I want to ask Akasha, what's an appro- what are the appropriate approaches to consider? What are the type of ideas to root in? Like Tosvis, that's what Tosvis does for us. Tosvis was the generation after Rashi. Rashi had daughters, so they weren't learning Gemara in those days, so they, they, don't, they didn't live many Sfarim. As his grandchildren were Tosfis. That was in Bali Tosfis. It's an astounding family. And Tosis is the next step. Okay, now I know that it says here what it's how to learn what it says here, but I have a Gemara something else that says differently. How do I reconcile it? it, it which is the next step. And the and Ramban, in a certain sense, does that in the Chumish. It's much harder, it's much broader, but, but yes, that's what he does. Anything else? Uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: My name's Ilan Aiken. Yeah. Um, with so many smart uh, Hebrew spar- being published and uh, in, translated into English, right? What's the importance of like like breaking our teeth over Gemara
1: and like like gaining and building our textual reading skills? Um, I I I'll tell you the truth. I find I find it very difficult and almost impossible to read English. There was a boy in our yeshiva. Many years ago, it has been actually like a dozen years ago. Nobody knows him. It's not, not, uh, not even having many He had very severe dyslexia in Hebrew very amazing, extremely well written and very literate in English and could not read Hebrew. The, um, not at all. I mean, he would dabble, he was quite musical. He would dabble, he would struggle re- literally reading letter by letter. It was very painful and. He explained to me once why it is like that. He said because since he has a phonetic sense of English, the written word comes in. This doesn't come in. That was it. So, but he but he read a massive amount in English, and he would constantly be asking a question, explaining and saying things, and that. So and it was a very painful experience for me because he was always wrong, but not in a way that I could possibly explain. Like. It was, yes, technically, it's, it's like when Google translates the document from, like, Hebrew to English, uh, technically might be right, but it's certainly not not the original, you know, it, it, it just doesn't have, it's not right, and I, I'll tell you the truth, I've, I've, you know, sometimes I write in Hebrew and I write in English, um, and sometimes I rewrite it, I don't, I don't write, I write the same thing, but, but I, I don't trust it. I start all over again. And I, I was just actually looking downstairs now. I, I went to get a safe, and something else fell down. Somebody had translated some things of mine in English into Hebrew, and I never really looked at it. I looked at it, and I said, "Ugh, ah, yucks. And and it, it wasn't... It technically, it was right. It didn't have the flavor. It didn't have the sense of it. You know, and, and Torah was given in Hebrew, and Gemara was in Gemara Hebrew, Gemara American. And you lose it. You lose it the minute you translate it. So if you have no choice, it's an aid. But but you're really you're an outsider, till you don't have it in, in the Hebrew. And, and that's why it's very very important to make that step. You know, it's it's uh, it's a wonderful. We have so many translations. But but you're, you're alien. I, I tell you, this boy used to come to me and say, um Moshe Chaim to writes the following in Derech Hashem," and I don't know how to answer him. I, I, I would say, "Well." Yes, but no. You know, he's writing those words, but they don't mean. Words mean so much more. When when, if I, l- let me give you an example. Let's say let's say you ask the question, and I would tell you, okay, um at some point we'll look into it. That has a certain flavor in English. It, it does it translate into Hebrew? In English, it means. When Mashiach comes, we'll have a go at it. <laughs> uh, um, it doesn't translate that in any other language. unless it, it, doesn't, it doesn't have the flavor, it doesn't have the feeling. It's, it's just, um, you know... And that's why it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's very interesting. People who become Balachuva. So, all of a sudden, all sorts of things that you didn't realize were important. A guy who came from a conservative background... And he, and he knew Hebrew is so much ahead of the game than the guy who doesn't know the Hebrew. Um, it, it, and, and in learning sperm, it's like that 100%. And, and, I, and I would tell you to break your teeth and, and uh, use, use English translation as an aid, but get the feeling, get, get the flavor in, in this original language. It's true but. If you want to do French literature, um, the translation in English is not the way to go. And certainly, something like Chinese literature, where it's, it's a whole different mindset, whole different world, um, doesn't. Uh, does want to get them or yes? Uh,
0: this goes back to what the Rosh Hashiva was talking about before about um, so a, a lot of us. Um, I guess, I guess, personally, I guess I'm speaking for a lot of us that we're trying to like enter the business world and. Make for and right? Um, like, try to ha- have to like work with this balance of straddling two worlds. And right uh, now, there's like a lot of emphasis that they're telling us in the business school, and uh, like when recruiters come in about networking and making connections and going a happy hour with the office and uh, like right. knowing as many people as you can, so you can bring in clients and get ahead in your career. Um, so, like, that's not really something that I, I want to do, and um, Cause, like I'm coming from the perspective that like I'm trying to work as little as possible and uh, I right. feel like at the same <laughs> <laughs> time I think that everybody is coming from that perspective <laughs> <laughs> the motive for doing so uh, might be different yeah. but but yeah. I, I, th- I
1: think that working as little as possible I think is as a certain universal for, or appeal to it yes um. most people won't work as little as possible they have to go to the happy hour that's the you know, <laughs> 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 yeah yeah
0: yeah, so um, I guess about, like coming from a perspective that like Hashem's ultimately in charge of our Karnasa, right. and, but at the same time we have to put in an effort and do the best we can, right? Um, but also that we want to make time to be like Kobe Aitim for learning and right. like, raise a family and everything. So I, does Rosh Hashiva think that the social aspect and trying to, I guess, get ahead in our career, is that something that's also expected of us?
1: Um, t- two parts to your question. First of all, ultimately, it's everybody's Nisoyon to try to weigh into balance b'tochon and Um You know, when people when people give you a a recipe for success, which includes giving everything of yourself away, all your time. All, I mean, most people in in the most successful people don't get married too late, don't have families, don't give much for their families. Really, you know, when they tell you a corporation wants you to be more devoted to cooperation than anything else, so, so you have to say to yourself, you know, where's the means and where's the end to it? And you have to be realistic and say to yourself, you know, you know yes, th- this is like the you know, 1,000 you know, like, yes, if you, you do everything in the world where the only thing that's that's important is where your career is going but if you want to balance it you pull back and, and I think at some point, once you get a little experience, you, you realize what's absolutely necessary what's quite important what's possibly important and what's, yeah, for the one half of 1% who want to get that very, very, you know, uh, high, you know, uh, High rank job, that's that's them to do, you, you know. So, so you, you're going to need uh, use your judgment for that. The second part, the social part, I, I think that's a very important akuda. I, I was reading actually um, a biography of the Reichmans. I don't know if people know today the Reichmans were. Reichman brothers were a family of four brothers in Canada, Haredi, who were billionaires, multi billionaires. Before it was fashionable to be a billionaire. I mean, they 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 were, and. Uh, they used to support the vast majority of trade institutions. They, they misinvested on Canary Wharf in England, and they basically lost them. I mean, they, they were still wealthy, but not what they were, and that's it, they were Toronto. And somebody wrote a book about them, and it was a tremendous Kiddush Hashem that somebody writing a book about them after they crashed couldn't find any real, anything really wrong in other words, it crashed for, for for business reasons, you know, it was overextended in, in something which should have been good, but a combination of factors and so forth. But one of the points he makes there is he says they never ever included their personal life and their business life were two worlds. Nobody was invited to their bar mitzvahs, chasmas. Most people didn't know if they had families. They just there was nothing. There were there was a lot of interaction, business, always very cordial and friendly and nice. Um the, the 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 you know I always say that people have the wrong attitude. The crass attitude is I'm going to be a little more coarse than I should be, but I just want to get the the coarse person says cheat the goyim, but drink with them. Like you know, busy, you know, money is money. So that's when you all of a sudden become like oh they're, they're only goyim, and but you know, why like, what's wrong? Like you know, like, I'll go to the bar with them and 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 you know. I'll, I'll be part of their world and in, in, in everything else. The Torah's view is the exact opposite. You have to treat with honesty, with civility, with menschlichkeit, kindness. Those are very, very positive virtues to everybody. But social life, in the sense of more than just a formality, but forming bonds that go beyond, inter, you know, business interaction, civil interaction, is reserved for all and and you know th- th- and and it's important. So, so yes, of course, business requires a certain level of of interaction like that. But for many people, the social life in the business world is replacing their own empty. They don't have family lives. They don't have a shul. They don't have people to go to share with. Where, where does a typical non a, a secular person or non frum person have a chevra? There's no chevashas. There's no dafayomish There's no shabbos davening. There's no kiddush. There's no, there's no yeshiva, so it's the office, it's the business, it's the clients. That's their social life. Baruch Hashem, it's not ours. We we have a world of family and people, and it's one of the things we need to thank Hashem for that we have a world, we have a life. Um, so one should stay away. And again, you know, if it's a, if it's a need in a business and it's a normal need, then fine. But but you need to be. You need to make those demarcations for yourself as you go along. I, I mean, I'm an outsider. It's I not my world. I can't, I can't tell you prac, crack right? Just sort of sketch out the guidelines. Yes?
3: Um, so, this question, uh, I don't mean it in a disparaging way. I mean it in an honest way. Sure. Um, one of the things that I I personally have struggled to understand is, um, you know, i coming from a camp of appreciation of Torah. I can connect to that. how that makes a person... Spiritual, how that develops their relationship
1: with Hashem. Mm. But one of the things that I've noticed, why not open the window? It's a little stuffy. You can open the door a little bit. Yeah. What well, was we'll I saying? One of the things. Sure. One of the things
3: that I've noticed in being involved in a secular environment, like at the University of Maryland, um, we're growing up in, in the community, like, so of thing, and you know, being aware that there are non-Jewish people or religious people, is that you know you have these people that can find a spiritual sense of appreciation for life and you know and some people will want to go travel around the world and they'll say oh i connect to god whatever that means to them because i see all the beautiful things he created right and i don't see sitting and learning torah as, as my they say like you'll hear people say that's not my way of connecting i connect to god because i see the beautiful things he created or i connect to god because i feel a sense of spirituality and doing you know, beautiful kindness and caring acts for people. Right. But there's no place for Torah for me in that lifestyle. But I'll have a fulfilling sense of life by traveling the world and seeing these beautiful creations, doing things that connect me to the community around me and helping out and giving food to poor people. Right. Um, there's plenty of examples that, you know, the more you interact with, with, the, with the world that's not involved in Torah, you'll see these right. other... And I guess my question is how, as a Jewish person who is trying to really affirm his, his sense of Torah is a value and we need that. And these are other things that we do see as values, that really seeing that balance when you see other people in the world that really do feel, seem to have a beautiful life, pleasant life, happy life. And, you know, you see plenty of people who live a Torah-based lifestyle that struggle very deeply um, financially to have a good life, livelihood, good I'm not trying to ramble, but hopefully my, my question is somewhere clear in all that, that where you how can you I guess find a sense of um, find that sense that Torah has to be the center of life and yet see all these people around the whole world that somehow have this spiritual experience in doing these right.
1: things um, well the, the, the difference is let, let me, let me, let's take an example you have a businessman who's born he was born in Hungary before the war was in concentration camps came to America started a small I don't know mom and pop shop and today he's a big real estate module and he's and he he says you know I always have a sense of where to invest the money and which guys are worth investing money which guys are not is there any point to going to business school and I know guys went to business school and they they're basically doing nothing and this and that and if you think about it you come up with the following point: um, the people have intuitive business senses, and people who don't have that sense, they can have a PhD in business. All they can do is teach in business school, but they can't make any money. <laughs> but there is an advantage: the person who understands the system has an understanding that the other person only has a feel for. Now, the, the arousal we have when you see something extraordinary when you touch with somebody those are real things but if a, Torah is giving is explained, but where's it come from it's it, it sort of God trails off in a sort of vague meaningless you know it, it, it's it's like the guy with intuition you know this this business is a no good business why because I just feel it's no good. It, 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 you feel that if he would have if the intuition could be quantified, if he could understand it with the models a professional has, he would have the best of both worlds uh, Torah is giving you a sketch there's a Briya, there's a Bora olam every person has neshama and the neshama is that which pushes in a certain direction arouses certain feelings there are dimensions to neshama Chassid is one dimension, Torah is another dimension Tefillah is another dimension Kedush is another dimension you, by having Torah, have a picture of it. So now you need to use your sense of religiosity and fill in that picture and to give it life and to live it. He has, has a, a strong intuition, but, but if he's not going to ever see it written up inside, it's, it's going to be vague, and that's it, like the person with intuition. And, and one day when that guy's business comes crashing down, he can't understand why it came crashing down. I don't know. I I was sure it was a good business. I don't know why why it failed. I I can't figure it out. The world's not what it used to be. You know, that's that's the type of thing you'd get. And and we look at it and they're kind of blind. It's like we spoke about being enlightened. It's so I, that's I guess that would be a, 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 a an accurate analogy between the 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 things you've described. thing or what?
0: Yes? Yeah. There's
1: more food also, so not only want to get in here, kid. You know.